All right, Utah fans, welcome to another special edition of the Utah Football Fans Podcast. We have an awesome guest with us, um, and we will get to introducing him in just a minute, but we do want to thank our sponsor, Thomas Orthodontics. And just a reminder, if you contact him before August, you can get $500 off your treatment. So thomasortho.com. And if you mention the podcast, you get entered to win a $200 gift card to the Red Zone. So what are you waiting for? Just do it. Just thomasortho.com. All right. So on tonight's episode, we get to talk to Hank Mondaka, awesome Utah fan. We met Hank when he invited us to his Rose Bowl tailgate back in January. And Hank, you probably had the best setup of anybody there. I'm just going to say that right now. Well, thank you very much. I, I thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, getting the platform to talk about our cause is always a wonderful thing. So thanks before anything. Um, yeah, you know, um, growing up here in Southern California, they've always known how to tailgate. And when I went up there to play, uh, four Chevys backed up to a chain link fence was Utah's <laughs> idea of tailgate. And that is no lie. That's um, true. So we've kind of, we have some experience. Um, we always have a get together here at USC or UCLA, whatever game is here at home. I'm from California, Long Beach area. So uh, it's always great to invite the old guys and come on out and see them again. Fortunately, the game didn't go the way we wanted it to, but hey, tailgate was awesome. So at least that <laughs> there was that part of the day. Um, well, Hank, we just want to know, you mentioned you played football here at the U. So I want to know kind of your background, what years those were, just give us, give us your history. Um, I was there, Coach Stobart's first year, 1982, uh, the first year that they redid the south end zone and put new turf down. Um, that was my home. And uh, played three years for Coach Stobart, um, one year with Coach Fossil. His first year was my senior year. Um, so that, those, were, those were some pretty lean days um, <laughs> as far as six and five record, five and six, six and five. Um, Fossil's first year, we were eight and three. So we were kind of excited about that year. Um, we had a chance to go to a bowl game, but back then they picked bowls based on who you can bring. And it was all about the dollar. So we were looked over pretty regularly, but, um, it was a great experience coming from California. Um, um, I, I had a great experience there. Um, I was a four year starter. Um, my freshman year, I broke my leg in Hawaii punting, believe it or not. So I, okay. um, that happened in the fifth game. So I couldn't red shirt shoot. Now guys are getting six, seven years and I'm a little jealous. <laughs> well, these youngins over here, they don't remember the eighties and early eighties, but I do. I was, I was to all those games. I remember the, the Stobart. Fan. I remember the Stobart years. It's like it was, we were kind of, or you were middle of the pack in the whack um so when you so you were 82 82 to 85 yes 82 to 85 so man i was just kind of trying to refresh my memory i i think so the first year that you were there would have been carl monroe was the running back is that right yes sir and that was, i think that was his senior year which I think he led the whack in rushing and ended up in the NFL. Um, 
I met, I met Carl. I have a great story with about Carl Monroe. So my wife to be was living in an apartment complex on Foothill. And uh, this was, I think probably the 1980 ish, probably 1980. And, but in the same complex was Carl Monroe, Jeff Griffin, who ended up in the NFL. Is yes. Deep defensive back. And, and some other guys, I can't remember who they were, but they had a party going on. So we went, we went over into their, into their place. And you can imagine it was, you know, football players having a good time. It I was remember a little Griffin, lively. Take his, and this is, <laughs> huh? A little lively. It was lively. <laughs> we go in, but Griffin takes us into, I don't know why we, but he says, I want to show you my bedroom. And there's this red light. That's all he had in the middle of his bedroom. And I said, okay, I'm getting out of here. And I, and I told my wife, said, okay, obviously you're never going to be coming back to this guy's <laughs> apartment again. But he was cool. But I remember, I remember Carl, but you had, do you remember him? Did you know him? Again? Absolutely. So Monroe, and then you had some great running backs while you were there. I think there was Eddie Johnson. Uh, yes. Let's yes, see, he was Eddie very Lewis. dynamic, right? Um, we had Mark Stevens as quarterback. He ended up in the NFL. We had uh, Larry Egger was Fossil's first year, the, the throw-in okay. left-hander. That's right. Um, and there's a I, – I remember we had some – even then we had some good tight ends, and I think a couple ended up in the NFL as well. Andy Parker. That's right. Okay. And then we had an H back, Craig McEwen. That's right. With the Redskins. I'll That's mention right. a couple of names a little bit later, Gary. I'm sure you'll you'll recognize them. And Errol Tucker. That's one of them. He oh what is I mean, he was I can still remember he was fantastic. He I was mean, the he was the early Covey. That's yeah, every, exactly. Every time he went back, you never everybody stood up. Because something dynamic was going to happen. It was fun. It was fun to watch. I mean, man, it goes back a ways, but that that was that was fun. But I, I remember sitting there in the stadium. I think we still had a bunch of benches then. I was sitting in the east east side. Were you on AstroTurf? Was that the AstroTurf days? That was the first year they had put the switch to the new AstroTurf. That's that had to be fun. Do you guys know it? <laughs> James, Bryn. Oh yeah, I remember that going over was to, terrible. The, to the practice facility when I was little, and because it was outdoors and there was no, you, you could run around, and it was like running. I mean, it was short. You'd fall; it would destroy you. It was like, I mean, it was concrete with a little bit of bristles on top. It was horrible. I don't know how they played football on it. It's nothing yeah. like what they have today. No, you know the thing about that turf is if you fell, you you were scratched. Yeah, it yeah. just depends on how big and, and how, how bad, how deep. But that injury stuck with you the whole year because you'd fall out and again. It's a scrap your skin horrible. off. Yeah, it was horrible. I'm, I I'm did, curious. Uh, I'm just going to jump in. You, you yeah, mentioned you ha, ha, how did you break your leg? I'm curious how a punter does that. Is it we're gonna are we gonna blame AstroTurf or how did that how did that go down here? You know I've never done I've never looked at it that way, but uh, it's not a bad idea. Let's do it. Just blame the AstroTurf, man. I was back there. I got the the snap and I I went to kick and um 
I did kick with my kicking leg, and while it was up in the air, this guy from Hawaii, my shin kicked his shin, and both of my bones broke. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those. Ouch. That's okay. Yeah, I knew right away. That's it was astroturf. I'd add that in there somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I slipped on the astroturf and I kicked him. I broke my yeah. leg. I broke, I broke his, his leg. though. Yeah, you got to add, you know, some drama to it. He didn't, he didn't get up. I walked <laughs> off the field, you know, taped it up, drama. came back. <laughs> now, there, there's evidence I was on a stretcher on the way out. I don't I blame can't you. lie about that. So I, I those went are the back. good old days. Yeah, that's true. They've so, since closed that stadium. It's mm-hmm. what? They've since closed Aloha Stadium. I looked at some of the, the, the schedule back when you played and you went to Tennessee. Do you remember, do you remember going to Tennessee and Texas as I recall? Absolutely. How was that then? A little bit of trivia. My first kick of my collegiate career was nine yards deep in Austin stadium in Texas. Really? It was the third game. The, uh, the first punter they started was a Juco guy and, uh, he didn't pan out so well the first couple games. So I got my shot and I'll never forget it. You know, you oh, grow man. up watching Oklahoma, Texas, and uh, watching those rivalry games, and it was it was it was a phenomenal trip. Tennessee was, I think there were a hundred and two thousand fans there. They sell out every game. It's amazing. And it was so loud that when they did the wave, when the wave was on the other side of the stadium, you couldn't talk to anybody next to you. They couldn't hear you. Then when it got around to becoming in back of you, it hurt. You had to cover your ears. I've never sensed anything like that before. It was wild. You were in the game, though, as I remember. I think the score was pretty close. Yes. Yeah, we they uh, we tried. Let's see. We tried an onside kick with about a minute 26 to go. Okay. Yeah. I did see where Arizona came in to this. Well, maybe did they play you at the stadium here. Were you in Arizona? I think they were ranked at the time. Right, Pretty we well went handled to Arizona. It. Okay. What was it like playing the Pac-10 teams? I mean, as far it's as... Pac-8 back then, wasn't it? It would have been the Pac-8 was before the Pac-10. Pac-10 right. included Arizona and ASU. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm wrong then. Okay. So Pac-10. Um, it, was, it, was, it was something else. You know, growing up here in California, we all knew what the Rose Bowl meant. Yeah. You know, there was no, no doubt about it. You know, you, you, that was the reward for winning this Pac-12. And and I grew up a USC fan um, as a kid. The day that Utah went to the Pac-12, I went through the house and grabbed everything maroon and gold I could find and just threw it away. <laughs> Excellent. I was so excited. And it's been it's been that way ever since. Let's put it that way. Excellent. Um, but, playing, but back then, you know, you got a chance to go play a, a, a Pac-10 school and um, just going to play like play Texas, just like going to play Tennessee, you know, upper echelon. And, and, you know, here we come from the whack. We just tried to hold our own and, and put up a good fight. Yeah. I'm I saw curious. Beat Washington state. Bren's at it again. Isn't she? Bren, what are you doing? Bryn. Blame it all. Is Bren even, is Bren even here? I'm here. You guys are taking all the questions. Hey, we're just riffing it. It's just, just riffing it here. It's just, it's just Gary reliving the good old days over here. You know. <laughs> it was the good old days, but we lost a lot of games, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
All right, I'm back. All right. I, I'm curious, Hank. You, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you mentioned what it was like to play the, the Pac-10 back in your days, right? And then what the reward was for the Rose Bowl. What's it like for you to see your alma mater now go, you know, back-to-back Rose Bowls? I mean, your days of, of you know, six and six kind of football and the whack to the Mountain West. I mean, how, that, that's got to be pretty dang cool for you. Um, it's a little bit more than pretty dang cool, you know. You're <laughs> pretty damn cool. Is that good? Um, and to see them come in just, and earn it, earn their yeah. way, because that's the way you got into the Rose Bowl. You had to earn it. So I knew what, what it meant. And it was a, a sense of, of, of much pride, you know, to see them and where they've come from and how hard they've worked. You know, they deserve it. They really do. Um, all the guys, we had a good turnout the first year. We didn't see you there at that first one. Um, mm-hmm. But we had another great turnout, and we had, a, we had a blast. You know, it brings, it brings that brotherhood together. You know, when, when you play, you, you form lifelong friendships with your teammates. And those guys will, will always be my brothers, and it's always good to see them. And, and, and an event like that just, just bring them, brought them out of the woodwork, really. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, just, you know, from, from my generation growing up, you know, you walk around the Rose Bowl Stadium, both both Rose Bowls, and you're seeing players, former players that you recognize from the last, you know, 30, 40 years, you know, all the way through players that played at the Sugar Bowl, you know, era, that they were at the Rose Bowl games. I mean, I think it means a lot because everybody through those generations kind of have a little bit to do with, with where Utah football is right now, which is, I think, pretty neat. Yeah, it is. When you come back to Salt Lake, four games do you get to go see all of the facilities that now the football team has and how does that make you feel compared to the locker rooms that you <laughs> you know the first tour i took uh sean farrell who works in the administration up there at the u took me on a tour and he asked me the same question so what are you feeling i said you know this is really really weird because all of my memories are of a certain place certain walls mm-hmm. And that was home for all my thoughts. Whenever I thought of Utah football, it was at the stadium in that old South End Zone building with the new oh, lockers. Yeah. Um, and when I look around now, I thought, you know what? This is not home anymore. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a five-star hotel. <laughs> but they deserve it. They've earned every every bit of it. And, uh, you know, wherever the Pac-10, 12 ends up, man, I'm, I'm very proud of where they came from. And I, I will continue to be very proud. Where did you guys practice? I'm trying to remember. What? Uh, we you? practiced on the field next to the Hyper Building and the Huntsman Center. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I remember. Right next to Van Cott Hall, if you, if you're, if you really want to go back. There was I... an elevated grass field, and that's where we practiced on grass. And then when we had practice, when we had a turf game, we would take buses. We had an old red school bus that the GAs used to drive, and they drive <laughs> us from that locker room in the hyper to the stadium and back. Yeah, every day. A lot has changed. I remember those. Of course, I've been I've been going to Utah games my whole life. So I was as a little kid, and the whole transformation of the stadium from when it had the dirt track in there. And there was nothing on the south side. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do remember the locker rooms were on the south side on both sides of the 
of the stadium. And they were like, what they reminded me of was like, it's a cinder block rooms or something at the old, in the old days. You're exactly right. Um, I wish I had an old picture yeah. of those because the, that would be very, very b- valuable. It, um, it reminded me of, a of, <laughs> of an old prison locker room. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, can see that. It, that's the best way I could describe it when I saw it. Come yeah, on. it's cool. We appreciate you and the good old days, uh, the just, good old, old, old days. <laughs> it's just setting the stage though. And the whole development because so there's Stobart and then we got the fossil. So we had a pretty good season your first year, but I think it tanked out on the next year. If I recall, I think we won. There we go. One game or something on Fossil's second year, but you were gone at that point. Then wasn't after Fossil. That's when we got Coach Mack. I think that's right. Yeah. Then, then it just kind of the progression kept going and with with Coach yes. Mack and then Urban for the short period and then then Wit and it's it's an you know it's an amazing story Utah football and you're a big part of it and the, and your generation guys that played there. I mean, there was a lot of talent. When you go back and look at the players, it just wasn't as throughout the team. You average, what, 40 yards a punt or something like that? It seems like I, almost 40 <laughs> yards a punt. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, Gary, my, my claim to fame my senior year was before this record was kept, I had the, the most punts inside the 20 uh, at 36, and that number is still intact. To this day, no kidding, no Zero kidding. Zero touchbacks. That's big. Yeah, you yeah. know, I know James doesn't believe me, but that's the truth. I'm gonna Google that. I had I'm to look that up. I'm gonna look uh, that up. Coach, my my uh, punting coach Sean McNabb, who also coached the tight ends at the time, he told me kick it out of bounds. Let the refs decide where they they wanted to put it, and um, don't let the bounce. Uh, di- Google it, James. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, are you really? We're going to verify uh, that. I mean, I, I, I kind of believe him, but, you know, we don't just take everyone's <laughs> word on this podcast. We're all about facts and, and data yeah. points here. Yeah, well, that's the good old days. It was good. Well, let's, uh, yeah. let's talk about all the great work you have done and what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, five years ago, I became a part, if you don't mind, Brent. Go ahead. I became a part of a, a, a nonprofit called Football for Life. Football for Life wanted to help the poorest high school in the nation. And it just happened to be on a reservation in South Dakota called Pine Ridge Reservation. And we went there. Um, we've been there for four years now. This will be our fifth year. And um, it was very eye opening. You know, our intent was to get 10 coaches together and go help their coaches with whatever they needed help with, and they needed a lot. And their players, uh, all 23 strong, needed some support as well. So we were able to go in there and and make a little bit of a difference. Um, Being on the reservation just opened my eyes to history, to the world, to the natives, to society, to civilization. And to see that they're still struggling um, really tugs at the heartstrings. So it was very rewarding for us to go back and give. And each year it got bigger and better. Um, the stories that come out of there, you know, 
people ask me all the time, you know, what's it like? And I said, well, they have nothing. And when I mean nothing, I don't mean material-wise clothing or cars or things that we take for granted. But they don't have things like hope. They don't have things like faith. They don't have things like pride. Uh, we started throwing around the word pride the first day, and nobody knew what it meant. Um, they have been living in poverty for so long that it's just become part of their culture. And to have 13, 14, 15 people living in a, in a trailer home is common. And um, to be able to give back, like I said, it, it's tremendous. The town of Pine Ridge really has no infrastructure which means there's no sidewalks, there's no trash cans, there's no service. There's, you know, there's native uh, police who patrol the area um, and they do have their uh, a hospital. Um, they do have a casino, um, but uh, it was, it was pretty bad and, and it still is to this day. So we're trying to get the kids there to get um, an education, continue their education to college, short uh, junior college or whatever, because if they're going to make it, they got to get off that rest. Um, and unemployment rates at 87%. Um, the biggest thing that, that, that really hits home is suicide rate is 23% among teenagers. And we're not talking 18, 17, 16, we're talking 13, 14, 15. And they see it. Um, I don't know if you can kind of visualize the world I've described, but they see that, uh, suicide as an easy way out, which I, I can't comprehend. And a lot of people can't either. And, um, that's, that's just the way it is there. And so we hope we're making a difference. You know, um, we've been keeping in contact with our athletes that we were there the first first year, five years ago. I still keep in contact with them. We brought the captains out to California. Of course, we took them to Disneyland, the beach. Um, and we also took them to the programs at Modern Day High School. We took them to the programs at St. John Bosco High School and at another private school, St. Paul High School. So they were able to see um, – a little bit on how California football is run. And I think that made quite an impression on, but it's been tremendous. Um, I mean, you touched on this a little bit, Hank, but talk like what, what does sports do for kids? I mean, as somebody who played sports into college, but what does sports do for these kids? It gives them a direction. It gives them a focus. It also teaches them the intangibles that, all sport team sports teach and, and, and the coaches are, are expected to, 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 to teach, you know, the respect, the teamwork, um, the discipline, all those things that you learn um, while you're playing team sports are very, very important. And we take them for granted every day. And when you go to a school like, like Pine Ridge and there's others along the reservation, very similar when they don't have those things, um, it's very refreshing and very rewarding. Um, it's like coaching in the 70s or 80s. These kids are, you know, they're, they're a, a white wall. They're just waiting and they're eager and they're thirsty um, to have some pride, to have a direction, to look forward to something, um, to keep their mind off, you know, the drugs and the suicide and all the other bad things that happen at rest. You know, one funny thing, again, maybe hard to comprehend, but, there's no gangs on the reservation because oh, wow. there's no, there's not enough money to sell drugs. So if you have no money to get, there's no gang, there's no claiming, there's no warfare. There's no gang warfare. Um, basketball is their big sport. 
you know, the res ball, if you guys have ever heard that, um, they love it. And uh, football secondary at those schools. Um, so there are basketball players that, that transition into football, but there are some that do not. So multi-sport, you know, keep them, keep them busy throughout the whole year. Um, that's, that's the goal. Um, well, give us, so you've given us kind of a little history of how it started, but how the foundation now expanding and possibly bringing in this Utah football tie to it. Well, when we started out, we had, uh, myself and two others from the U program, Jeff Reyes, who I'm sure Gary remembers. Jeff Reyes was an all whack defensive end. Yeah, I remember. Um, he, uh, I believe he was an All-American honorable mention. His claim to fame was an NCAA record of five sacks in one game against Hawaii. And um, he has he's on our on our coaching staff, as well as Dave Cullody. Dave Cullody was, was a uh, offensive tackle um, during my years. They're both my age. And he went on to play for the 49ers and the Cleveland Browns and went to the Super Bowl with the Niners and got a Super Bowl ring. Um, and they've been on our staff and we kind of got together and said, it was a thought about a year and a half, two years ago. And it's happening this June, uh, June 28th and 29th. We're going to take a group of coaches up to the Uinta Ore reservation, Ute nation. And we're going to be at union high school. Uh, the athletic director, Jesse Feinstead, Feinstead, Fieldstead, I'm sorry. And the new head coach, Dustin Long. Um, have invited us to come and use their facilities. Phenomenal facilities. If you guys have ever seen them or, or been out there, they have it. full aluminum bleachers. They have a full turf uh, field with a rubber track. They have indoor football facilities. So um, we're going to bring our staff to the to the the campus and have a um, a two day football camp to teach technique, to teach whatever it is else they need help with. Um, but to give a little incentive, I'm sorry, a little insight on uh, on what it's like to continue your career, if that's a, ch a choice you are looking to make, um, given by some former pro experienced athletes. Uh, this past week, we just announced the, the addition of Earl Tucker. Um, he reached out and wanted to be a part of this thing and, and heard about the good things we were doing uh, back in the mid-80s. And... Um, he was a DB as well, and uh, we're happy to have him on board. He's going he's gonna to bring a tremendous amount of wealth on technique to these kids. Yeah. Um, the second half of this, this camp is going to be geared towards the kids. Um, we asked our, our representative there on the reservation, Cameron Kutch, from the Kutch family. His dad is Forrest Kutch, who happens to be on the University of Utah President's Council. And um, I started with them and said, what do you guys need? And they said, well, we'd like to get, see the young kids get involved um, so they're not so intimidated to go out to athletics when the time comes at the, school, at the high school. So the goal is to get some fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders out uh, to run around, meet some of the high school kids, uh, get some of the high school kids to take them under their wing, teach them leadership, bring them along. So it's a little easier transition than it has been for them to go out for athletics and you never know what you're going to find. So that's what's going to be our goal. Um, we invited the Little Utes Conference. Um, hopefully we'll get about 20, 30, as many kids as we can get out. And we're going to continue. The goal is to see those fifth and sixth graders as seniors 
to where they are participating in football um, or any other sport we, we happen to bring in the near four, five, six years. And to have them be, go through the program and talk about it and, and recruit and talk to the other high schoolers about what a good job and opportunity that we, we originally brought here in, in 2023. It's an amazing thing that you're doing. I just feel like, obviously, with our tie as being youth and to the youth tribe and to the youth nation, I just think it's it's so fantastic what you're doing. And I, I want you to put a pitch out there for all of our Utah fans. If they want to help and get involved in this cause, what can they do? Right. So our group is a, a charitable organization. All of our volunteers volunteer their time, all of them. And so we do take donations. Um, we call them partners, uh, team partners. And um, our website is athletes, the number four dot life. Athletes, the number four dot L-I-F-E is our website address. We don't do the dot com. And um, they can give there or inquire as to participating. Um, we're going to be handing out some flyers there on the reservation to get some participation at the camp. I just found out that the, the head coach at Union recruited 60 to 70 of his players to join us. We're used wow. to 30 or 40 kids, and this is going to be awesome, tremendous. Um, last year, we were able to secure 50 tickets for the, the community um, to come out and see the U Proud game against San Diego State. And so they got a bus and came on uh, came on out to see the game. We're going to hopefully do that again um, and make it fun with some couple of giveaways or raffles and and uh, get the community involved. You know, every time I talk to somebody from the U about this program, they say, I'm glad you're doing it just like you did. I wish we could do more. So who knows what, what else we can bring. But thank you for asking. Of course. And we put all Go ahead, Bryn. In the description in here in the video so that people have it. Great. Great. Is the university or, or more specifically the uh, football team going to be involved at all or have any interest? Or, Well, when I reached out to Kyle Whittingham, boy, he, he sure was ecstatic about what we were doing. Yeah. Um, he was proud of the ex-players. Um, he was proud of the whole program. And um, the timing is too close to their youth camps. So we're going to have a yeah. different schedule next year to try and accommodate some players through NIL, which we still might. Um, so stay tuned for that. So um, we're looking to get Luther Ellis involved. Uh, oh, yeah. Luther, as you know, is from that area. And when he signed with the Detroit Tigers out of Utah, he had camps there. So he is all over it, wanting to give back as well. So let's get, we'll get this first camp under our belt and everybody can see what it's about. And um, we did have their blessing. Um, there was a couple situations that took place that were unfortunate that didn't allow us to pursue some of those, those channels. Um, but they're still open. They're still, they still have an eye on us and we're proud to make them proud. And like yeah. I said, let's get this first one under our belt and see what happens. Well, I can't wait to hear about how it goes. And I feel like, you're just going to keep growing. This this is so amazing, and I hope anything that we can do to help, anything Utah fans can do to help, we're definitely going to push it out there. So, we're well, I think you just did. You know, having this platform to talk about it is 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 all we can ask for. Um, we do have uh, someone on our committee from KSL, Michelle Bodkin, who has graciously given her time to come on out and join us. Oh, good. Um, we're going to have the camera crew come out, so. During those two days, be looking on uh, KSL Channel 2 for an update. 
Um, I wanted to also throw out part of our camp that I almost missed was uh, mental health skills. Oh, good. Which are, are very important in today's athletics. Um, we've recruited Lisa Mitzel. Gary, you might remember the name, the All-American Gymnast from Utah. Okay. She is a mental health guru. She has a new company called Zen Tiger Mind. And she's going to come out and talk to the coaches and athletes at Union for about a half hour, 40 minutes. And then she's going to talk to the community, parents, and whoever else wants to listen for another 30, 40 minutes. We're very proud to have her on board. Um, and a lot of people that I've talked to about this program are ecstatic about this type of offering that we're going to have available to everybody. Do you have other social media uh, other than the website? Is there a Facebook? We do. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Perfect. We're okay. on Twitter. And, um, I'll send the addresses to Bryn and have her post them. We'd, yeah, we'll put them up. That's great, guys. We appreciate you doing this for us. Um, I don't know how much time we're going to have, but uh, I'm going to be there all week. So I don't know if we can get together before or after um, just to say thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, we're, we're looking to get a little swag. So we might have a, a keychain or some maybe some shoe threads to hang out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That'd be great. Anyway, you know what? Thank you, guys. I, um, it was great meeting you with the, at the Rose Bowl. Um, something told me that that wasn't going to be the end of it. I don't know what it was, but um, meeting with Bren a few, few weeks ago um, solidified that. And um, I've offered my time and, and help. Um, she's, she sent me along uh, some, some content that, that I'd love to help you guys with. And it could be a, a big win-win situation. So thanks again. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. And thanks for all the good that you're doing. It's fantastic. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Hank.